You're listening to the Anti-Anxiety Society. Ever feel anxious? Well, this is the place for you. Hi there. Thanks for joining me for the very first episode of the Anti-Anxiety Society. I'm your host, Kristen, and I have anxiety. I love, love, love that you're tuning in for the maiden uh, recording of this uh, podcast. I'm starting the show to kind of add my voice and perspective to the conversations that are already happening about mental health. I'm also going to be combining the experience of anxiety and and specifically anxiety um, with really cool and really important research. Uh, Not for me, from people that are way more qualified and smarter than me. Um, But the end result is that we'll all get a very real look at what anxiety is, how it affects us, and what we can do to live happy and meaningful lives without our dark passenger in tow. Reference there for all of you Dexter fans. Ah. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about you. Um, Did you just find out anxiety is your burden to bear? Well, you are in the right place. Do you have debilitating anxiety? If so, I get you, um, and I reserved a spot for you right next to me. <laughs> um, are you an old anxiety pro? There's stuff here for you, too. Listen in for new perspectives, for fresh research. Fresh research. <laughs> um, that's a mouthful. Um, and and new, new coping techniques. Is social anxiety literally your worst nightmare? Do you know the ropes and have flare-ups every now and then? Um, Do you have random episodes of nervousness? Need help navigating them? No matter what your relationship is with anxiety, if it's something that you struggle with, we've all been there, and and that is what this is. Um, It's a place for us to kind of talk through it and to normalize the existence of anxiety in our lives. Uh, So welcome to the society. (laughs) Um, I love hearing about all the awareness that anxiety and mental health in general is getting kind of in the press and in social media and stuff like that, and the discussions that are happening. And it's not just because it's something that I personally have experience with, but it's because there are thousands, maybe tens, maybe even hundreds of thousands of people who think they're alone in the way they feel. And something like this, a podcast, um, social media messages, stuff like that, can give them something to hold on to and give them great resources that can help them. Even the royal family, which I'm not even going to get into how much I love them, (laughs) um, started an initiative called Heads Together. I mean, how cool is that? Even at their level, they understand that mental health is something that really needs to be discussed and talked about. Um, my anxiety for the most part is controlled, but sometimes it just still feels like it's my dirty little secret. And it definitely, definitely feels like the people who quote unquote don't get it, think that I'm lazy or lame for not being, I don't know, normal and fun and overly social and happy. And I hate those feelings. And 
And that's where the anti-anxiety society comes in. This is a space where it's normal and can be talked about without judgment, without feeling like a lame party pooper or the odd man out or, or like someone doesn't understand you. Um, this is a not-so-secret society that's anti-negative thoughts, anti-judgment, um, and instead is all about talking through the things that will make us feel better. Um, everyone knows what it feels like to be anxious and a little itchy. And, and, um, we have new episodes that'll, that'll drop every Tuesday. So you'll get a weekly dose of support and understanding and kind of new tips on how to handle stuff. So I'm really excited about this new project. I hope that you are too. Um, and so, um, with that, we can we can dive in. I do need to offer a disclaimer though before we get too far. Um, but hear me out before you jump ship, okay? All right, here goes. Um, I don't have a degree, special training, or anything to do with mental health or anxiety. I'm not a pro. Um, I just have my own personal experience, which honestly is probably pretty darn similar to yours. Professionally, I do marketing, which is not related at all. And quite honestly, probably contributes to a lot of the anxiety in my life. Um, So I'm not qualified to necessarily give advice and teach people how to handle anxiety. But there is one thing that I do know, and that is research. I know how important it is to have and to make choices based on real and accurate data instead of fears and assumptions and things that you've looked up online. Um, It's way more important than what your mom might think, what your best friend or your significant other or even your coworker tells you what to do when you're feeling anxious. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows this isn't a blind leading the blind situation. Our episodes will always include real references and research. We'll have guests who are psychologists, psychiatrists, trained therapists. Um, I have a couple of treatment advocates lined up. These are people who professionally give medical and mental health advice. Um, any coping mechanisms that we that we share will either come from them directly or they will come from proven and researched um, publications. These are, you know, the the coping mechanisms from mental health professionals. And um, I'm yeah, I just want to make sure everyone knows that <laughs> it's a pinky promise. Um, along with our experts, I invite all of you guys, fellow fellow members of our our society here to share your stories. Um, If you want to share yours, I'd love to hear it. Sharing is so important so we don't feel alone because guess what? We're not. We are not alone in this anxiety thing. Um, I know a lot of times it feels like we are. And late at night when we're scared and we're having a panic attack, it, it feels like we are. But we are not. And so just remember that. And if you feel inclined to share your experiences, we would love to hear them. 
Um, we'll also on the Anti-Anxiety Society podcast be debunking myths, talking through what you can do at home to kind of help you through some of those really long and really scary nights. Um, and I myself, as the host, will be using myself as a guinea pig. <laughs> um, I'll be trying different over-the-counter herbs, medications, solves to see if they work. Um, plus, we'll be sharing books suggested by mental health professionals that will kind of help you understand what's going on in your mind and your body so that when you're ready and when it's convenient for you, you can kind of take the time and absorb it at your own pace. So I guess to summarize, this is a place for normal folks like you and me who happen to have anxiety. It's a place for us to learn and to talk and to figure out how to cope with this insane thing that ties us all together. So if you have anxiety, I hate to break it to you, but you are already in the society. <laughs> uh, so keep tuning in and we can help each other be better. Um, so I think that pretty much covers the disclaimer. Um, this episode, really, I want to start laying the groundwork for what mental health is. Anxiety is a part of a much bigger conversation. Once we get the foundation laid in this episode, we can dive into where anxiety fits and how we can address it and all of that good stuff. Um, I also really, and this is maybe just my pet peeve, but um, <laughs> let me know if you feel the same way. Um, I really like to refer to anxiety or depression for that matter, or any really mental condition as a mental health condition instead of a mental illness. If you tell me that I am mentally ill, which according to some definitions is not wrong, I am not going to feel good about myself. I'm going to feel even more ostracized, more insecure, less valuable as a human being, and it's just not cool. So anyway, that's how I, <laughs> that's how I approach that particular um, term. So mental health. Okay. Honestly, it's as simple as how healthy our minds are. Defining that is the easy part. And let's next take a look at a couple of definitions that'll add more color to the topic. Um, I'll be referencing in this a podcast episode, mentalhealth.gov and NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, even though I hate the term mental illness. Um, okay, looking at these two resources, which have funding and research and professional psychologists, psychiatrists, all sorts of people doing tireless work to help understand mental health and the conditions that kind of can ail our minds. Um, these two uh, foundations give us definitions that help us dive deeper and consciously look at how everything's connected and how anxiety really plays out in our lives. Using their statements and research while we kind of unwrap our mental health stuff can help us figure out and understand what's going on without letting the definitions define us. And I just think that's so important. I have anxiety. I'm a person, you know, who, who struggles with anxiety, but that is not who I am. I am not anxiety. Like it's just, it's a part of my life, but it's not who I am. And so I would really recommend everyone kind of, I don't know, try to internalize that because you're so much more than what you struggle with. So just keep that in mind. But it's definitely something that many of us have 
have struggled with and have, have crossed that line a couple of times. So just, yeah, you are not your anxiety. And okay, moving on. Um, I'm just going to read this directly from the website. It says, according to mentalhealth.gov, mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we feel, think, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence all the way through adulthood. So there's a lot in that statement. Um, and I want to kind of go through the first little bit because it talks about how mental health includes our emotional well-being, our psychological well-being, and our social well-being. Uh, you guys, these are really big freaking things. <laughs> Those things make up our personalities. The fact that mental health has been brushed to the side and seen as a weak or unnecessary thing to talk about all these years is disgusting. Think of all of the emotions that we have. Happiness, sad, fear, anxiety, excitement, disgust. All of those things. These are all tied to how healthy our minds are. There is a lot at stake here. Like our psychological well-being. This is where conditions like anxiety, depression, obsessive compulsive disorder, and random other different psychoses live. If our minds aren't healthy... It's straight up terrifying what can happen and how well we can, and not how well, but how we can be affected. Um, our social well-being is another huge one. It's, it's on that list. Like, will we be friendly? Will we be cranky? Will we be afraid of crowds? Are we going to be antisocial? Are we going to be uh, like, I don't know, immune to social cues? Are we going to have friends? Like our, our, our future friendships and relationships and careers are at stake if our social well-being is stunted. So there is so much more at stake here than just like, oh, yeah, my, I feel good. Like a mental health is, is something that really needs to be nurtured. Um, that mentalhealth.gov site also talks about the health of our minds. And it talks about how how healthy our minds are affects how we think and feel and act and how we handle stress, relate to others and make choices. Holy cow. We are literally made up of how we think, how we act and how we feel. That's our personality in a tidy little nutshell. I know a lot of people know how important mental health is. You guys are probably among those people. But have you ever connected the condition of your mental health to your actual personality, to the way you think and the way you act and the way you feel? That association to me is insane and terrifying, especially because when life gets stressful, our mental health is often the very last thing that we focus on. We go into survival mode. We take care of our physical needs and the needs of those around us. And too often, our mental needs get ignored, which leads to the next point. When we neglect mental health, and we've all done it, this is not like a shame conversation at all. This is a human conversation. Um, but when our mental health takes a back burner, we open ourselves up to handling stress really bad. 
we start relating to others in ways that aren't fair to them and especially aren't fair to ourselves. We find ourselves making horrible, horrible choices, even making choices that add to the cycle of disregard for mental health. I know that I've been there. Um, Sometimes our choices leave us feeling empty. It lowers our sense of of self-worth because, honestly, making those decisions are a lot of times easier than starting a journey to focus on our mental health. I've been there, like I mentioned. Heck, I was I was there last week. The funny thing about mental health, and it's it's not funny, but it's the truth, is that there are highs and there are lows, but it's stuff that we just have to keep pushing and keep doing. Um, looking at those facts, though, and relating them to our lives and to our personalities and our choices is a little scary. A lot of times we ignore them or we, we take for granted our minds and how connected they are to our personalities, to our emotions, to our social identities. I mean, yikes. Oh, okay. The next one is NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness even though I hate mental illness, but it's fine. Um, It's just a better term, mental condition, whatever. Been there, done that. Okay, according to the National Alliance of Mental Illness, a mental illness (laughs) is a condition that affects a person's thinking, feeling, or mood. So similar to before, um, they also continue that say and says, and say such conditions may affect someone's ability to relate to others and function each day. Each person will have different experiences, even people with the same diagnosis. Recovery, including meaningful roles in social life, school, and work, is possible. (laughs) Um, Especially when you start treatment early and play a strong role in your own recovery process. A mental health condition is not the result of one event. Research suggests multiple linking causes. Genetics, environment, and lifestyle influence whether someone develops a mental health condition. A stressful job or a stressful home life makes some people more susceptible, as do traumatic events like being the victim of a crime. Biochemical processes and the circuits and brain structure may also play a role as well. Um, There's some heavy stuff in there as well. I mean, the first three things are conditions that affect a person's thinking, feeling, or mood. I mean, we're talking everyday stuff there. Conditions that affect someone's ability to relate and function and the fact that each person will have different experiences. I mean, anxiety is a mental health condition, straight up. And that is hard to say, and it is even harder to hear. It does affect the way you think, the way you feel, and the mood you're in, at a very minimum. I know you guys all know this. I'm preaching to the choir a little here. But in an effort to lay the foundation before we dive deeper into some of these issues, I think it's important. Um, it also differs day by day, am I right? Some days are just easier than others for sure. Some feelings just stay the same, but they also go up and down on the intensity meter. It's exhausting and it's hard, but please know that you're not alone. When your thoughts and your feelings and your moods are affected, other people have those same exact experiences. 
Anxiety messes with your ability to relate to other people and to function, honestly, in general. Some days you have to get up and go to work. You have to dress your toddler. You have to feed your kid dinner. And it takes every single bit of energy in your body to do that. So much so that you can't relate to other people or talk or laugh or even respond like you normally would. And people don't get it and it's frustrating. I think the thing... Well, one of them, at least, that I liked about NAMI's, N-A-M-I's, however you say that, definition is that every person will have a different experience. Anxiety is not the same for everyone. There's different types of anxieties, like so many different types of anxieties, um, which is something that we'll talk about in a later episode, um, that live within that big, disturbing bucket of, of, of anxiousness. <laughs> so if what you're experiencing does not match up with what you read online, don't even worry about it. We've all been there. In fact, stop taking quizzes. <laughs> stop reading articles that aren't founded in real-life science and research. I get that some people like to know as much as possible, but do me a favor and ask yourself this question. Is reading this going to make it better or worse? I'll tell you a little story. With my particular brand of anxiety, um, I think I have everything. Like, everything. Um, There was one time when I was convinced that I had tuberculosis, sepsis, oral cancer, and I think pregnancy all at the same time. (laughs) Logical? No. But here we are. So now I steer clear of self-diagnosing. I try not to read WebMD. Nothing against that website. It's just bad for my mental health. Um, And it just adds to my pain. So identify those things that kind of trigger you and try to avoid them. And if you're like me and you're paranoid and you think you have everything, maybe WebMD is the answer. Um, Skipping ahead to what NAMI said... Um, is that it is not your fault that you have anxiety. Anxiety is not caused by just one thing. In fact, NAMI, N-A-M-I, oh man, points out that there are often several causes that are, that are linked. It's not because you did something wrong. And it's not random things that are causing you to have anxiety. Like these are linked things in your life. It's stressors that have triggered something. It's the way that your that your genetics are working with the way that your brain is wired. It's stressful situations combined with the way your brain is wired. I mean, who knows? Um, but it is not because you did something wrong. And it is not because you're not good enough. Genetics are often a big contributor. The environments we find ourselves in, like work and home and and social settings, can also be a huge part of it. Our lifestyles and how healthy we are play a role. Sometimes traumatic life events fling us into an anxiety spiral. And honestly, the biochemical processes and the circuits in our brain play a huge role too, even though that's not something I know much about. But luckily, we have psychologists and psychiatrists scheduled to come on the show to kind of give us information about the different ways that our brain works and kind of reacts. So I guess my big message to you here is let yourself off the hook. There's no way you can control these things. Life happens. And as life happens, 
anxiety happens. Um, I'll be sharing a lot more about my own anxiety stories in future episodes, but just for now, I, for a long time, I thought my anxiety was my fault. I have always been a high strung person, even from the time where I was a little kid. And I just assumed that that's just how I was. Um, and there's a point in time where I got laid off from a job and then lost my grandmother within about three month period. Um, and that's when things started getting out of control. Um, I've since learned that my, my, uh, dad and my brothers, my sister also deal with similar things. Um, there is obsessive compulsive in my family. So there are some genetic factors as well. And I think honestly, my brain is wired for anxiousness. So now I know looking back that it wasn't my fault, but then I thought that I broke. I thought that my brain stopped being normal and that I broke. I thought I failed. Um, but like I mentioned over time, I realized it was exactly the opposite. I'm not anxious because I did something wrong. It was the result of many, many things that I really didn't have control over. So just wanted to pass that on and, and just let yourself off the hook. Anxiety is not your fault. It's, it's many, many factors, and some of us are just lucky few to, to belong to the, to the society. <laughs> um, and just finally, in closing, I think, and this is probably my, my favorite bit from the NAMI little um, definition, was about recovery. Does anyone like anxiety? No. <laughs> Hell no. Does anyone enjoy having all of their nerves on hyperdrive all of the time? Of course not. We want to recover. We want to be free. And this article is telling us that we can be. We can have meaningful roles in our lives. The key is to start treatment early and to play a strong role in your own recovery process. Um, and I think that's important. Commit. Play your Play the role in your own recovery. That's important. Um, in the coming weeks, we'll talk with experts about that recovery process. We'll look at some data surrounding what, what actually works and what is rubbish. <laughs> but the big takeaway here is this. You need to play a strong role in your own recovery, no matter what that looks like. Commit. Commit to yourself. Commit to getting your anxiety under control. Um, and if you will, then, then I will. And that's all I have for today. I hope you join us next time when we kind of dive into the different kinds of anxiety and the different forms that it can take in our lives. And I'm really excited to see where the anti-anxiety society will take us. So welcome to the, welcome to the success, welcome to the society. And I will see you next time. For today's show notes, please visit antianxietysociety.com. Learn something helpful? Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll see you on the next podcast.